1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on the eve of a big night in Europe for Rangers. Aaron Ramsey says he's fit and raring to go for Braga as it's revealed Philippe Hillander will miss the rest of the season. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is fully focused on tomorrow's game not thinking ahead to Celtic on Sunday and it was a record crowd and an improved performance but Scotland's women lost out to Spain at Hamden. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Simon Donnelly and Marvin Bartley. Marvin, how are you? You okay, Marvin? Good to see you, Marvin. Good weekend. How was it? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really well, mate. I'm looking forward to, to the bottom six after what your boys did to us on, on Saturday. So uh, I'll take it out on you after the show. That's it. Three minutes past six, I'm done. I, I, won't, I won't bring it up again. Yeah, I'm sure. If you believe that, you'll believe anything. Uh, but Simon... Huge week I just say that every week But not for dramatic effect Because it's true Rangers obviously Braga Celtic fans Sitting Waiting patiently For them to finish that one And then go on to the big Cup games at the weekend Yeah big games Coming, a, coming up again Rangers uh, Gave themselves a chance last week You know I, I watched the game I thought they maybe could have Nicked a goal towards the end and they will fancy themselves at Ibrooks tomorrow night. It's a big one for them. They have to focus on that first and foremost. But then you quite rightly say there's a, a matter of a, a Scottish Cup semi-final at the weekend. And two big semi-finals. We all know your feelings about a certain half of Edinburgh. Marvin, I'm sure you'll have a, a keen interest in that. But it is all happening, isn't it? Europe, Europa League quarter-finals and then on to those semi-finals in the Cup. Yeah, massive, massive end to the week. Um, you know, two huge games for Rangers. Obviously, deal with tomorrow's one first. And like you said, Celtic will be waiting. Um, full of confidence, you know, after the last time they played Rangers. And, and I think they'll be quite confident within that dressing room that they can win on Sunday. Um, like you say, Hibs v Hearts as well. I think it's, it's a massive one for Sean Maloney. Um, I don't think that, that Hibs can afford to lose that game. You know, being in the bottom six now and... Being the semi-final against your rivals, obviously Hearts put them into the bottom six, but this semi-final is absolutely massive for him and the players. 01419511025, that is the number you need. So let's hear from you, Marvin and Simon, both keen to get your thoughts on all of the big talking points. Rangers fans, it's the night before the Braga game, so get your pre-match thoughts in. You've heard from, or you will hear, from Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and Aaron Ramsey uh, from their press conference today. Aaron Ramsey says he's feeling fit and ready to go. Does he play for you tomorrow? A bit of bad news on the injury front Philippe Hillander will miss the rest of the season What do you make of that? Uh, there's been an update on John Lundstrom, Ryan Jack, Calvin Bassey uh, So what do you think for tomorrow? How important is it given the way that the league has gone In the last couple of months How important is tomorrow? How are you feeling? What did you make of Braga in that first leg? Because I know you lost the game But was there a lot in it? Did you see anything that makes you makes you feel you could progress past Braga tomorrow? Pick up that phone and let us know I'm sure Celtic fans You'll already have Sunday on your mind So that's absolutely fine Whether it's Team lineup suggestions The forward line Or anything else Pick up that phone And let us know 01419511025 uh, We are on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB If you want to get in touch I've promised to take it easy on Marvin Bartley tonight I'm not going to wind him up too much I actually genuinely was out doing a bit of shopping this morning And some a, a Motherwell fan stopped me And said I, I've been tweeting Marvin Bartley I, tw I tweeted him a picture of a seagull yeah. uh, In reference to David Martindale last weekend So there we go You're you're on the minds of people in, in my neck of the woods Believe me Do you know the thing with seagulls though Gordon I'm actually scared of them 
Like, honestly, see when it's breeding season, right? So I'm walking my dog, Diego. Let's get Diego involved. A massive Rottweiler, by the way. Me and him walking down the road and they, they swarm down on you. See, between like middle of May and August. I've actually looked this up. What has happened to the show? No, honestly, I this is important. There was a seagull breeding season. Did you not? No. See, you learn something new every day. Honestly. But they're really, really vicious. So, so when your gaffer brought up the seagulls, you just... No, that brought back bad memories. No, I was for fine you. with that. But when this guy tweeted me, I said to him, "Listen, I've got a problem with seagulls. Can you send me a different <laughs> picture?" Do you know what he sent me? A freeze frame of this camera here, like when I was obviously when I was running late. Train right on your yeah, face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you want to give Marvin your regards, so one four one nine five one one zero two five or Twitter at Clyde SSB. It is a big night in Europe for Rangers tomorrow. It seems like the sensible place to start. So get all your thoughts in, Rangers fans. Are you confident? How confident can you be going into a tie when you're 1-0 down from the first leg? Because obviously it's not the ideal position But based on what we saw last week Is there anything to suggest you won't go through? Anything to suggest that you can't go through? Let us know 01419511025 Let's start hearing from some of the pre-match uh, media commitments today Giovanni Van Bronckhurst and Aaron Ramsey uh, speaking The manager says he's confident They can put in the right performance to get past Braga He says it's the only game on his mind for now You know, I'm focusing on, on tomorrow Which is uh, reaching uh, the semi-finals of Europe Which is a, a great achievement If we uh, are capable in, in doing that So, um, you know, that's all we have to do Take it uh, game by game You know, I think tomorrow uh, is a big night for all of us and uh, we should enjoy it and embrace the challenge we're going to face. Do everything possible to be in the semis. I'm always confident and I believe in, in my team because, uh, you know, I know what they're capable of. We've shown that against uh, big teams uh, in Europe this season. So I know the team is, is capable in doing that. I think we, uh, we can have a better performance than last week. We need that to uh, to go through, especially in Europe. You have to be there every every tie, and uh, especially tomorrow, it's a final for us to go uh, to the uh, semi-finals, and we need a uh, we need a top performance as a team, but also individually, the the players need to be ready. I mean, we're about to find out, Marvin, on the phones, but already I feel like there is for a game where Rangers are, are losing in the tie. And they're without their main striker I still feel like that there is a decent level of confidence out there after last week And, and we'll find out between now and 8 o'clock But that's my, my gut at the moment Yeah, I think Well, they have to be confident, don't they? And if they're not confident, they have to pretend that they are um, You know, it's a massive game It's it's one that they have to win to go through um, It's as simple as that You know, they've got 90 minutes And that's just one nil at the end of 90 minutes And it goes through extra time But a massive one for me and, and Rangers tomorrow And I, I think that's something to look at Trying to get Tavernier forward more I think their best part or best spell of the game came in the last 15 to 20 minutes when he was allowed to get forward. I think before that, Braga were really good at having overloads down Rangers' right-hand side there left. And there needs to be almost a cat-and-mouse game play because we all know how great Tavernier is going forward. I don't think he's the best defender. You know, that's that's not his strength. So I think they need to get him forward tomorrow. And, and how they do that and how well they can do that, I think will, you know, shape the game for them. When you get to this stage of... European competition Simon You obviously are up against A decent level of opponent Of course you are Rangers fans who watched that last week Know that they're not Up against A team that is Miles beyond them And a team that You know Should bring any real Terrifying fear for them tomorrow No and I think that's where They'll take their confidence from I mean Braga Did some nice players Some nice young players In their team I think That final third they could be better I think that will come with maturity It's quite a young team there So I think Rangers will take heart from that As I say, As the second half grew on I thought Rangers could have maybe Stolen away goal uh, Roof 
back on track at the weekend with a hat trick. You know, after a little bit of criticism playing against Celtic the, the week before, that will help his confidence because it looks as if he's going to be the man that leads the line. So I think Rangers can be quite positive getting into this. We've, we've seen how well they've played at home in Europe. And for me, Braga aren't a Red Star or a Dortmund. So I think they've got a chance. Marvin thinks they need to get James Tavernier forward more tomorrow. What's the key for you Rangers fans tomorrow, whether that's personnel or something within that? Let us know. 0141 Frank is a Rangers fan to kick things off. Would you say you're confident tomorrow, Frank? Yeah, uh, put it this way. Uh, the reality is we're three games away from a Cup Winners Cup final. And if the players are not up for that, they shouldn't be at Ibrooks. Tomorrow night, the place will be electric. I think Rangers will win it because they're a better team than Braga. We played them a couple of years ago, though a couple of years have passed. We've got the beating of them. And you just say to the players before they go, three games away from a Cup Winners Cup final, do it. Just go out and do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Braga feel after last week they've got the beating of Rangers as well, Marvin. But I think obviously what we can agree on, there's not there's not a lot between them. Like we said, you're not up against a European powerhouse. You're not even up against a team that is under the radar. And then when you face them last week, you think, oh wow, they were actually they were actually brilliant. It's doable, that's for sure. Yeah, it's doable for, for both teams, though. You know, I think you know we can't go too far away from Braga and start being disrespectful to them and say you know Rangers have to turn up tomorrow to win the game because it's far from that. I think at, at times in, in last week's tie that they could have maybe scored a couple of more goals themselves. So most definitely, you know, Rangers can win this game, but they have to go out there and perform and perform. You know, maybe eight out of tens across the board, and probably a couple of players doing even better than that um, because Braga have got some fantastic players who are good with the ball. You know, they, they control possession for times last week and Rangers have to have a game plan. You know, I don't, I get what Frank's saying, just saying to them, you know, you're, you're a couple of games away from a final. But I think you'll have to say more than that. You know, tactically have to be on it and I think Gio will know that, you know, building up to it this week. I mean, I don't think you ever need any extra incentive, Simon, to get to semi-final of, a, of the Europa League, as, as Frank mentions. You know, whether the the disappointment of what's been happening in the league recently, whether that does give you an extra 1%, is that even, does that come into the equation? Uh, I, th- I think that you have to take it on its its own merit. I think it's, as you say, a chance to get into semi-finals. It's, it's, they've did enough in the, 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 the first leg. It's only a one-goal deficit. They're at home. Irox will be full. If you can't get up for that, there's something wrong. I think they will be up for it. But as, I, as Marv says there, I think he's exactly right. Across the board, they need no failures. They need to be right at it because Braga have showed before this round and in the in the first leg that are more than a decent team, but there isn't a lot between the teams. And I think Rangers have to be at it. As he said, eight, eight, eight out of ten across the board, I would agree with that. Yeah, Frank, what about personnel? I mean, Kamal Roof scores the hat-trick at the weekend. I see a lot of people talking about Stephen Davis. What, what's on your mind as far as the team goes? I've got a lot of sympathy for Kamal Roof because against Celtic, he, he was a, a lonely centre-forward. 10-15 minutes into the game, he was turning to the teammates and shouting them, pressing them, pressing them, because he was the guy who was doing the running. Now, the, the tactics against Celtic weren't attacking-minded enough. Tomorrow night, they've got to play Sakala, Roof and Ken, the three men up front. And if John Lundstrom doesn't make it because he is a, he's becoming a mainstay of the team, then Stephen Davis fits right in there and starts dictating the midfield. Is that the way the attack looks? Can the impact of a, a hat-trick against St Mirren, can that have a, a positive effect for Kamar Roof tomorrow? It can only have a positive effect. And, you know, I think his uh, interview after told everyone just how confident he is as a player. You know, since coming to Rangers, he doesn't feel he has anything to prove. 
Um, he thinks he's done that during his time there, and I'd have to agree with him. You know, strikers and strikers like you know Rui are only as good as a service. You know, it's not he's not going to go and pick up the ball forty yards from goal, beat three players and hit in the top corner. He needs service, um, and he showed against Saint Mirren. You only you can only play against the defenders that you're up against, and, and you know he's got a hat trick. He'd be confident going into tomorrow, and I think he was, would have been confident going into the Celtic game as well. You know when he started that one, it's just about the service for him. You know how can you get the service for him, and that's what I'm talking about. James Tavernier being higher up the pitch because you know is there a better crosser of the ball in, in Scotland at the moment? I'm not sure. I think I think Rangers looked better last week when Roof came on because Sakala was up there, and I don't think he's a number nine. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I don't think he leads the line as well as Roof. I think Rangers improved when Roof came on last. Last uh, Thursday uh, Frank Whilst you hang on the line I'll give you that update You're talking about John Lundstrom There was bad news On the Philippe Palander front He will miss the rest of the season Now for tomorrow That's not Immediately Going to have an impact Because he wasn't in the European squad But going forward uh, There was an update On the fitness of John Lundstrom Ryan Jack And Calvin Bassey As well John is um, Is training today So uh, hopefully He will uh, He will pass training and, and be available For tomorrow and uh, Philip is uh, his injury is um, is not good, so we will don't have him for the remaining of the season. That's the only two uh, concerns we had. So one, uh, John is training with us today, and Philip uh, unfortunately is uh, is injured. You know, I don't know yet if he needs surgery, but he has a foot injury, uh, an injury he had um, uh, as well on the other foot. So uh, all I can say now is we're going to make sure he's going to be ready uh, for pre-season next season. Ryan Jack and Calvin Bassey weren't in the squad at the weekend. Are they OK to feature if needed tomorrow? Yeah, both are available for tomorrow. Uh, so more good news than bad, you would have to say overall, but obviously a shame for Philippe Palander to miss the rest of the season. Frank, it sounds like John Lundstrom might make it. Would you play him instead of Stephen Davis if he's fit or, or vice versa? It's uh, a toss of a coin on that one because the two of them are great players. But I would think uh, on his present form, he would come in and do a right good job, uh, Lundstrom, because he's a better player than a lot of people think he is. And he's a team player and he's not a selfish player. So I think I would go with Lundstrom, but I would be quite happy equally with Davis. Yeah, I feel like Stephen Davis is one of the most... Debated names this week Marvin I mean he's only a couple of years older than you So how does it make you feel to hear people speculating About whether he's done or not <laughs> I've been hearing that since I was 25 um, No listen there's no doubt about it. He's a fantastic player uh, and, and a fit player But you know there comes a time in everybody's career When you go from being kind of a mainstay to a, to a bit part player You know if, if I was a manager I'd start John Lundstrom um, I think you know he's, he's more than deserved his place in the team um, we speak about legs so often. Um, I think in Europe, especially, that's that's vitally important. But you know, Davis, what a fantastic sub to have. Uh, on that Philippe Palander news, when you hear someone's going to miss the rest of the season, it sounds quite dramatic, always, doesn't it? They were only a couple of weeks away from yeah. from from the end of the season. Like I say, he's not in the Europa League squad anyway. But but going forward, it's clearly less than ideal, isn't it? He comes in at the weekend. This is also at a time where Rangers are going to try and go, you know, Thursday, big game on Sunday and then keep that going. You never know, it might be progression in Europe and you need as many people fit as possible. They don't have huge options at centre-back. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, like you said, you know, what will be five or six weeks away, but still with the games that they have coming up, um, you know, they'll <laughs> hope to go through as well. So that's an extra two games between now and the end of the season that aren't currently in the fixture list. So yes, yeah, it's, it's a massive blow for 
for Rangers. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, you don't want to be taking massive risks with players and the minutes they're playing at this moment in time. As I said, especially if they do progress. But was it King who came on at the I was weekend? Say, does it maybe open the door for Leon King? A yeah, bit more? it does most definitely. Um, you know, and he's not part of the squad because he's a good lad. It's because he's a good player. And you know, as I said, you know, he'll be waiting for opportunities like this. Um, and I'm sure you know if Rangers in the backroom staff think he's good enough to play, then they'll play him. And what a fantastic learning experience, you know, if he can go in there and get two or three games between the end of the season. Yeah, the next few days are going to determine so much, Simon, because for Rangers, <coughs> I mean, arguably, does the season hinge on the next you know, four days or so? Is that the reality yeah, of it? I think so. I really do. I think uh, they obviously have to take one game at a time. This one can get them into a semi-final, but it's make or break. I, th- I think the, the, the league is... A tall order now after the result last week. Uh, their, their their record in, in domestic cups haven't been hasn't been good of late, so that's a big one for them at the weekend. So it's it's a big week. It's a big week for for Celtic yep. as well, obviously, uh, going for their own uh, silverware. But yeah, it, it's, I would say it's make or break for Rangers this week. Come on, then it's oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Pick up the phone. Thank you to Frank. Uh, you can tweet as well at Clyde SSB. What about that Philippe Pilander injury? Rangers fans when one door closes is it a case of more opportunity for Leon King could he come in and play more of a role between now and the end of the season based on what you saw at the weekend what about tomorrow how confident are you who should play who shouldn't play now is a great time to get your call in because we're going to get some travel news and we'll hear from you next 01419511025 you are the voice of Scottish football call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Simon Donnelly and Marvin Bartley are here It's 01419511025 So get your calls in and let the guys know what is on your mind Maybe it's Rangers tomorrow The chances of progression The team who should play What formation How Giovanni Van Bronckhorst should go about it All the usual uh, night before a game questions uh, Anything else out there you Celtic fans You're just sitting waiting for this cup semi-final at the weekend What's on your mind tonight We've got a big one at the weekend And Edinburgh Derby As well Loads of other topics That are never far From your mind So let's hear from you On 01419511025 uh, We'll bring in Charlie Who's a Rangers fan And see what's on his mind Charlie How you doing alright How's it going uh, Not too bad uh, Well I um, was I sat watching the game In the house On Sunday mm-hmm. And I was Text my, text my friend I said to him He'll write away you know, and then he brought right on in the last minute, well, not last minute, about 15 minutes to go. Mm-hmm. And the pace uh, right in the game, within the time he was on, he showed a bit of flair straight away. Uh, so my opinion is, I would drop Sakala. I like him, but end of the day, I, I cast him as 95%, the other 5% and the boys are the bar. You know, he gets to the ball at the goals and before you know it, he's, he scored a hat-trick, that's his... That's been a lot since he came to Rangers. I don't even think of back at Rangers next season. But I would put Wright doing the one wing and uh, Kent doing the other and shove um, Roof, obviously, in the middle. And uh, you're bound to get goals with that, definitely. Because uh, the, two, the speed of them two could do the wings and the uh, Roof in the middle. Yeah, I did say the night before a game, any suggestion is welcome. <laughs> Scott Wright, one who can go make an impact for Rangers, Marvin? 
Yeah, most, he's got the ability to do so. Um, no doubt about it. Um, from the start, you know, he's not started that many games. I think it's you know it's a massive, massive game and a, a huge ask of the player to to go out there tomorrow night and, and start the game and try and impact it in the way he did coming on against St Mirren. I think that would be my only my only thing, Charlie. My only doubt with it, you know, if he had played you know the last five ten games, you're talking about him playing, then you know, fair enough. But I just think the magnitude of this game, um, I will go with Sakala. I think he has he probably is the fastest attacking player that Rangers have as well. We saw the, the high line that Braga do hold. Um, it didn't work for him playing through the middle, but I think just having him out there, you know, would hope he can get down the sides and, let you say, provide some uh, assists for a roof. But Scott Wright, no doubt about it, a good player, but I'd probably use him off the bench. So Callowan is fascinating, Simon, because clearly he's not the finished article. Obviously, no. there is you know, he's a sort <clears throat> of rawness there. Yep. Um, but if you look at even coming on against Celtic and you look at... He always tends to at least get a chance or make... Yeah, you know, create something. Yes, is is the final ball always there? I think it's possibly you, not. Yeah, I think as you say, Gordon, he's, he's probably a wee bit raw, uh, but he's got pace to burn, and that's always a threat, and it's always something that defenders don't like. I just thought last week when he started the game in the kind of central row, I don't think it's for him, uh, and whether he is at this stage of his career that kind of cl- impact player, it, it might well be. Uh, is a re- what's the situation? Is Rebo fitting well for tomorrow? Yeah. So, but he not playing the front three for me. Rebo, Kent, Roof, three midfielders. That's what I would mm. go with. I think. Yeah, uh, Charlie, how confident or otherwise are you for tomorrow? I mean, based on what you've seen from your own team and, of course, from Braga. Not very confident at all. No, because they've not kicked a ball since Gerard left. As far as I'm concerned. Um, I blame him for one year. I blame him for everything. To tell you the truth, you blame him for everything. <laughs> well, for, for he leaving walked, you. He walked out. He walked out in the, in the team. You know what I mean. Uh, and uh, when you were at Hamden, uh, after he walked away, we were at Hamden. The next one we're sitting there and we're doing three nothing. And the big, the big guy, the back turned and saying, "We may as well bother getting the second half." You know what I mean? See, never let it be said that Scottish football fans hold a grudge, Marvin. <laughs> you kind of knew this at the time, right? See if a manager leaves and you go and do well, it's fine. You can, you can almost forget about him. But it's that, what if? What if he'd stayed? That's what Charlie's thinking. Yeah, but I remember at the time, you know, a large percentage of Rangers fans were extremely happy because mm-hmm. they thought that it was going a little bit stale under, under Gerrard. Um, they thought that the team should be playing better. They were saying that although we're six points clear, the performances haven't been great. Um, I think a lot of people are calling for it. But like you said, you know, obviously Charlie's looking at it now and he's a Rangers fan who watches them week in, week out, I, I imagine. And, and he's saying probably the team under Gerrard was better. But listen, it's, it's a flip of a coin, isn't it? Some people will be delighted for him to go. Some people are upset that he went. But they have to deal with the here and now. And Gio's a manager. They've got a massive game Thursday, massive game Sunday. Um, they must win at least one of them. I swear we save these for Marvin's nights on the show because that, that first night when he told <coughs> us all who he was a big Arsenal fan and Aaron Ramsey was one of his favourite players of all time we do we save them up for, for a Wednesday night thank you to Charlie he has been doing the press today we requested it for you um, he says he's, he's feeling fit he's ready to go he's looking for some c- consistency in his game time no I'm, I'm feeling good um, I think uh, the the thing that I've been lacking over the last, you know, a few years is uh, consistency. So, you know, I'm not, um, I can still produce, you know, the numbers required and, and what I used to do. So I have no, um, you know, no issues with that. It's just getting that consistency going. Um, 
and um, get into a bit of the rhythm. So, um, yeah, over the last few weeks now, felt better, felt stronger. And um, now these games are coming thick and fast. So hopefully, you know, I can play um, big parts in these games and, um, and show what I'm capable of doing. Come on, this is your big moment. <laughs> well, he's more than capable of doing it, like he just said. Um, you know, we, we spoke about his probably fitness and he hadn't played and he touched on it there for, for a little while. Um, he does need games and obviously he had a couple of niggles since coming to Rangers but if he's fit and he's healthy for me he starts um, I think the quality that he has um, is probably unrivaled um, you know he really is a top player we saw him playing for Wales um, you know and helping them through to the next round obviously they, they face Scotland Scotland uh, beat Ukraine but I think he's a fantastic footballer all round footballer he's there for the big nights and, and tomorrow is most definitely a big mm. night and you know if he does play tomorrow and produce the goods then it shows why they brought him in online. Is that the way that it truly has to be where you just deal with Thursday, you're not even considering Sunday whatsoever and then you move on? Or are there certain players within that squad that you think are going to be better suited to Thursday versus Sunday or vice versa? Um, you, you deal with Thursday. So if some are better suited for Sunday, that means they're not suited for Thursday. You can't say, oh, they're suited to both. I'm going to save them for Sunday. Uh, that would never, ever happen. You know, the next game is the most important for them at this moment in time because what you don't want to do is have one eye on Sunday, you lose Thursday's game, and all of a sudden Sunday's game becomes even bigger. Yeah. Um, I mean, Simon, is that possible? Though? I, I don't know for sure. I mean, the last time Celtic uh, were Rangers opponents, Rangers actually had a a lot of the ball because they yeah. were, it was at Ibrox and they were yeah. pressing. Did, are they different challenges, Braga and Celtic, I assume? They're different challenges, but you, I, th- I think you have to approach tomorrow, play your best team. And, and forget about Sunday. Mm. Uh, Sunday will take care of itself. You know, that's my point, though. I, I don't. I'm, I'm going to pick a name as a hypothetical. Is there a scenario where Aaron Ramsey is not in your best team to face Braga, but he is in your best team to face Celtic? Do you see what I mean? If they're different I do, I, challenges, I, I do see what you mean. But I think you're only saying that just now because the question has been his fitness since he's been here. That might be the only thing with the games coming Thursday and then Sunday. For me, Ramsey starts in big games like this tomorrow night because that's what he's been brought to the club for. That's the quality he plays at. That's the mentality. He's a big game player. The only question with Aaron Ramsey ever since he came to Rangers has been his fitness. So, uh, yeah, let's bring in James then, who's a Rangers fan, and see how he's feeling ahead of tomorrow. James, hi Gordon. Um, I agree. We said there. Um, hi Marvin. It's just um, what, what, what um, it's just the last couple of callers that were talking about the likes of Scott Wright and mm-hmm. Sakala maybe be playing. I, I, I don't agree with that at all. I think Ari will be coming off the right. Uh, it'll be Roof through the middle. Ken on the on on the left with Ramsey supporting Roof as a ten. Yeah. With either Lundstrom and Jack or maybe Kamara if Lundstrom's no going to come through fully fit, but. Um, I, no, I don't. Agree, I don't. I don't agree. I don't agree with Sakal or Wright at all. But maybe his impact players are related to, to the end, but not 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 to start with. Yeah, well, to be fair, Simon, you're right. We, we've <clears> seen that so often for Rangers, where that sort of they they don't have a Ryan Kent on the right hand side. They, they they haven't had for a long time. Yeah. Um, and it it has tended to be a rebo. I just feel like there was a lot of calls from fans because Morelos isn't there. Mm-hmm. Do you need to change something else? You know, do you need to, no, do, you need th- to do it differently? I think, well, I've scribbled down the team that I, th- I think in that front three for me would be Arebo on the right, Kent on the left and Roof through the middle. I think that's Rangers' best three at the moment. Uh, and guys like Wright or Sakala are there if it needs to be changed. You know, something needs to be changed in the second half. But I think that's wh- how you start. 
And I think you have to find a, find a place for Ramsey as well. I think that's Rangers' strongest team and I think that's the best way to approach this week from a Rangers perspective. They have to go win the game tomorrow and, and go into the game on Sunday on a high. I suppose the thing about Joe Rebo, Marvin, is you know his form had been getting questioned by a lot of Rangers fans. You know that He didn't play over in Braga because he was out of form. Nothing else you wouldn't imagine. Um, but then, of course, scores a wonderful goal at the weekend. Is that enough? Does that... Does that put him back on track? Well, he's played a lot of football, um, you know, first and foremost, an awful lot of football in, in the calendar year. Um, so there might be, you know, element of fatigue or, or whatever else. The thing with Arriba, there's no doubt about it, he's a fantastic footballer. But for me, because Braga play that high line, I think when you have inverted wingers, it's very difficult to then stretch it. I think when you've got Socarlo out there, who's just, like Simon said earlier, just raw pace to play down that side, I really do think he'll, he'll open up the rest of the game for other players. So would, that'd you, be, not, would you not play Arriba then? I wouldn't. I wouldn't start him. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't. There's no doubt about it. He can unlock, unlock the fences, etc., etc. But I probably would go 60 minutes with Sakala and then look to introduce Aribo when the spaces do open up. Because I think Braga do press so well as a team because they have their high line. They're able to get so much closer to the midfield area. And I think for yep. 60 minutes, you know, it might not be Aribo's game. But obviously, as things open up, um, no doubt about it, he's a fantastic footballer. But that's just, you know, what mm. I would go with. You're right on the number of games, 53 this season, uh, which is a fair innings, isn't it? Exactly. Um, James, we just heard there from. Aaron Ramsey obviously because he's Aaron Ramsey there's just debate every week about whether he should play and if he's not why not and, and all the rest of it so he plays for you tomorrow definitely definitely. I think he plays I think he plays Sunday as well I don't think I don't think he'll play the, I don't think he'll play the full 90 um, on Thursday but um, I'm, I'm, pre- I'm pretty confident the Rangers can put Bragger away not as a, not not what four or five nulls or anything like that, but comfortable enough that Ramsey could come off maybe 60, 60, 70 minutes, and then hopefully go again and 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 nil from. But I, I definitely think Aribo should start out on the right, and then and then if an ejection of pace, if you want to put it as Marvin was saying there, there'd be Sakala or or Scott Wright or whatever. But I think Sakala could could not hold that ball uh, 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 last week. Just could not hold. I know he was playing his back to goal. And it's not his favourite pregnant and if you put the ball in front of him he can run into it. But I think Rangers are gonna to have to keep control of the ball. I think that the, the the midfield is gonna win that game tomorrow. Yeah, I'm thinking because James fans are allowed to do it. Giovanni Van Bronkers can talk about one game at a time, but fans are, can do what they like. They can look ahead. <laughs> Scrambling to think here, has Aaron Ramsey started two consecutive games for Rangers? I would guess not. Yeah, especially in um, such quick success. Certainly well. not recently because obviously he did start against St Mirren but then missed the, the Braga game completely in between mm-hmm. if we're working backwards started against Rangers uh, started against Celtic, sorry um, No, I'm talking rubbish he did, he started against Dundee uh, the game before so stand down he has indeed <laughs> I just talked to myself out of that in the space of 30 <laughs> seconds he won't have done it many times yeah. I'll rephrase it Yeah, but again you, you get through Thursday first Simon said it there you know, you deal with Thursday first if Ramsey then gets to you know Saturday, Sunday morning and he says you know, I'm fine to go again and you want to play him then you play him but I don't think there'll be any thought within Giro's head that gets to 70 minutes and say right, let's start resting players for Sunday's game if no. you know, they're 2-0 up it, it just won't happen they have to deal it's with Thursday's game. game. It's yeah, too big a game. It's, it's absolutely massive. You know, if, if it was a league game and slightly different, you know, earlier on in the league, but but mm. not now, not not at this stage of a European competition, a massive European competition at that. See, James, this is the difference between you and I and these two. These are old pros. They are drilled into them. This one game at a time stuff. You and I can talk about however many games in a row we like. How do you feel about? 
You know Thursday into Sunday I'm not necessarily making you pick I don't know why people do that About which one's more important Or, or whatever But how do you feel about You know them both Because it's a different challenge Different priorities um, And obviously at an important time Of the season for Rangers In uh, my head Both of them are the same Both of them are the same I mean yeah, how, how can you prioritise uh, Although it's an old firm game You cannot prioritise Getting into a European semi-final You just can't do that You've got to play your best players On that night and that's why I think Aribo at all start not Sakala right. Aribo is a better player than they two. In my eyes, probably put together. There's just more pace in the two of them. It's as simple as that. But Aribo will hold that ball. And Aribo can play a ball. He can score a goal. I just think he's more of a threat. I think he'll start the, the, the 70 and maybe some somebody come on for the 20 rather than yeah. the other way about. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not making people pick. Simon, you can always have both. You can, you can be greedy. But we are... We're probably conditioned here in this part of the footballing world because of the rivalry. You think, oh, I mean, Celtic, it's Scottish Cup. You know, that's that's big. You, ha- you have to do that. You have to beat your rivals. You have to win domestic competitions. But as James says, we're talking about a Europa League semi-final here as well. Both games are massive for Rangers, but the first one comes tomorrow night. And I know you're kind of making a half joke about the old cliche, but it's right. I agree with James as well. Aribo is a better player than Sakala and Scott Wright. And I think you get into this... A quarter final, there's a one goal deficit. You play your best players, and you go and try and get the result that gives you a lift going into Sunday. That's it's pretty straightforward for me. That's the way I would approach the game. Uh, let's hear a bit more from Aaron Ramsey. Then he says he is allowing himself to dream of what they could achieve in the Europa League, uh, and he says he's hoping they can make it a special season. And obviously, we've had a bit of a, um, a plan for me over the last uh, few weeks, and um, yeah, so that's gone. Um, that's gone along pretty well. So hopefully now I can, uh, you know, play a part tomorrow and um, and show what I'm capable of doing and helping the team, you know, progress to the next uh, to the next round. You know, we're playing uh, quarterfinals of the European Cup, so uh, you know it's huge for us, um, and we have the opportunity to uh, to progress. So you know, for me personally, I would love to go all the way and win this competition. As for all the other players, the fans, and everything, so you know, if we're all on board together and we're heading in the same direction you know I'm sure we can make this a, a special campaign Right thanks to James in Postle Park this is the perfect time to get your calls in don't worry it doesn't have to be about Rangers game tomorrow understandably that's the main talking point 24 hours off from a big game but Celtic fans how are you feeling ahead of the weekend clearly in a decent place at the moment 01419511025 if you get your call in now we could be speaking to you next 01419511025 this is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Marvin Bartley and Simon Donnelly are here it's 01419511025 and we are on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB Of course building up to Rangers Against Braga tomorrow When you've got Scottish Cup semi-finals As big as these You're probably already Building up to them on Wednesday night It's quarter to seven And I've been extremely gentle With Marvin Bartley About Saturday's race For the top six We'll see how that lasts Between now and eight o'clock And if there's anything else On your mind Now's a good time to share it 0141-951-1025 Andy's a Celtic fan From Stirling What's your point tonight Andy? Hi, how you doing? Just Good before thanks. I gave a point, uh, if you're scared for seagulls, Mar- Marvin, you're in trouble because you're going to be looking up all, all for the next six weeks. You're only going to be looking above you. <laughs> I hope you're right about that. <laughs> well said, Andy. At least you did, not me. On you go. 
Aye, I'll tell you the point. I, I was listening to the phone in last night, and I was listening to a, a, a lot, of, a lot of Celtic fans like myself coming on, and uh, you know the declaration was. We've got to sign Yota, we've got to sign uh, Cameron Carter, Vickers, doesn't matter what it costs, we've got to sign them. The fact is, it does matter what they cost. These guys, uh, before they came to Celtic, were struggling to get in the Spurs team uh, and, and equally the Benfica team. They were nowhere near it, you know. And uh, my theory is that, that Celtic make players, players don't make Celtic. I remember when Martin O'Neill came, he signed a guy for a year on loan called Ramon Vega, who had the, probably the best season I've ever seen as a centre-half. And let me tell you, Martin O'Neill fell out with him over 50 grand at the end. He wouldn't sign him because it felt it was too much money. That's why Celtic uh, today are probably in the position they're in, because we do business the right way. And Dermot Desmond's point, uh, the wee sort of a bail dig that people thought he had at Rangers, I think that was as much uh, at my Cel- fellow Celtic fans as anybody else because Celtic have a business model and it's a successful business model and that should be followed. Nobody's bigger than the model and nobody's bigger than the football mm. club. What do you make of that, Simon? Um, Andy makes a, a fair, a fair case. Yeah, it's a fair point. I don't think Celtic are in a position to go and spend blindly uh, or ridiculously. Having said that, these two guys have made a huge impact on the team this season, uh, both in different ways, both big players... Uh, and probably will prove to be big players in the, in the last few games in the run-in But yeah, I think Andy's right I don't think you can just go Even with this pot of gold Should they get the, the title and go into the Champions League They can't just start spending willy-nilly They have to be prudent Just on that, is anyone waiting for the most Scottish thing of all time the, to Villarreal. happen? Where Villarreal win the Champions League <laughs> And it inexplicably almost, Against all odds Rob Scotland yeah. of our <laughs> Champions League Sorry. spot Without going all geopolitical on yeah. you, I think Russia, Russia's situation at the moment right, w- okay. would mean that if, if things stay as they are, um, we would still be in anyway. Yeah. I, um, I, don't, I don't think it changes. I don't think Celtic, as a club at the moment, are in the position to throw money about. You know, blindly as I said, but at the same time, though, guys, right? But at the same time, you've had a good look at them. Obviously, these it's, two it's, guys it's, it's are players for me. You buy. Yeah, these two guys are players for me, and I understand what Andy says. It's been a good marriage. You know, coming to the club, yeah. Jota and and Carter Vickers have came. They're playing on a platform there. They've, they've, they've had a taste of Europe. They're playing in front of sixty thousand every second week. Uh, they've been treated like heroes because of the way they're, they're performing. It's in a good mm. season for Celtic, you know. So it's all going well. I would like to see both guys signed, obviously. Andy, I'm, I'm interested in your emphasis. You know, placed on what they've done before. Is it is it not more relevant what they've done now? I mean, there will be there must be loads of players that have come to Celtic and. You know, haven't been getting a game elsewhere at bigger clubs or in, in more difficult leagues, but have then came and been brilliant. I, I don't know, off the top of my head, Scott Sinclair. I assume he came because he wasn't getting a game at his previous club. Comes up here, play of the year, winning trebles. I think it really he, he, it sounds like you're holding it against Cameron Carter Vickers that he can't get in the Spurs team. Uh, I'm not. I'm not holding it against anybody. What I'm basically saying is that you know, as much as uh, Cameron Carter Vickers is good for Celtic, Celtic's also good for 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 him. Yeah. Uh, you know, and at the end of the day, uh, these guys come up here and maybe we should flip the argument round when we're arguing about the money side of things and say, but this is only Scottish football because that's what the English guys like to throw at us, you know. Uh, it's only Scottish football. Uh, so, you know, I'm a great believer that, that Celtic have a, a, a great business model. Uh, 
and you know, I believe Peter Lowell, Dermot Desmond, these guys, I'm not one of these guys that were slagging them last year because I know what they did the nine years previously. I made that point on this show. You can't condemn people for a disaster like last year, you know, and just to, uh, you know, just to throw something in there, I believe the best defender at Celtic Park doesn't play every week anyway. Uh, you know, because I believe he was probably part of the French Revolution. I think Julian's a better centre-half than, than Carter Vickers or, indeed, Starfell. Uh, but that's just an opinion, you know. Uh, as regards spending wisely, maybe knew that, that Rangers have uh, got Arn Ramsey fit. A guy like that shouldn't he be kicking about the Europa League. We should maybe sign him for the Champions League next year. Well, that would be good, Andy. This phone line would be lively. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting one. Marvin, listen, Andy is well entitled if he thinks Christopher Julian is better. You have to assume at this point Ange Postacoglu does not. Um, that that would be the only assumption we could make. Um, but he was he he cost seven million pounds, yeah. and without opening old wounds for people like Andy, even last year, you know, Barkas five million pounds. So Celtic do do spend money, and is it not more of a it's a safer bet? I assume when you've tried before you buy basically with the two that they've got at the moment most definitely um, you know having players on loan and, and then performing well is probably the best case scenario going forward when I mean, you try and sign them permanently but as Andy says they have to fit into you know what Celtic are willing to pay you know there's no point Tottenham uh, or Benfica asking for ridiculous money or these players on wages ask for ridiculous money because if they don't fit into Celtic's model then you, then you have to move on um, they don't want to overpay for either of them I think both of them are great assets to the football club you know, I think Carter Vickers is 24 and Jota might be the same age or a little bit younger. So, you know, there's resale value in them as well. So when you are bringing them in, you're not bringing in a 31-year-old player that can do two years. You can bring in players that you can sell on, but they have to fit into it. And, and I do mm-hmm. think both players make Celtic better. I think, you know, Julian fit, Carter Vickers fit, mm-hmm. Carter Vickers is going to play. This is where you come into your own. Give us the expert view on, and I put expert in quotation marks, obviously, <laughs> uh, on these two. Because you know what, like, we can't pretend this doesn't Celtic are in a great place this season The fans yeah. are loving it And it's easy to then think That everything's rosy And everybody's yeah. brilliant And I'm not saying they're not But just reminding everyone that You know it's easy to do that How good are Jota and Carter Vickers f- f- From you You know Having yeah. played against them and Well looking at them this season Carter Vickers for me Has been has been fantastic I think he's been You know just what Celtic needed back there He's very athletic um, You know he's, he's a very dominant And, and powerful defender um, and I think he's improved their back four. There's no doubt about that. Um, but if you look past that, he was at Bournemouth on loan last season and didn't have the best of seasons. So if you're talking about Champions League and going to that level and, and a centre-half that can dominate at that level, he's still untested. Um, so, yeah, again, he is a good defender, but they might be better out there. If you're looking at eight to ten million, there might be better players out there that Andrew's you know, seen who can get for five, six million pounds and he might want to go for mm. them instead. Is there an is there an asset that Ange Postacoglu might look for the, the current defenders could be upgraded on Yeah um, I think everyone can be upgraded on though And I think when you look at him as a manager I think he's constantly looking to upgrade on, on players And that's not a disrespect to the players that he has That's a manager that you know wants to keep evolving At a club like Celtic as well in yeah. particular that's, You have to do that yeah. you, can't, you can't rest in your laurels and He has to look all the time and, and, and the good thing from a Celtic point of view is His track record up until now has been excellent You know in recruitment for Celtic So yeah, these guys have done really well and we're all excited because but they're not irreplaceable. Yeah. But totally I think agree. it's a good marriage, as you say, Gordon, the try before you buy thing where they've done really well. I think they've improved uh the Celtic team. They will continue to improve. They could potentially have the Champions League next year. 
you know, where where else are they going to get that? So the the club have got a bit of strength there yeah. in, in the bargaining that's, as well. Suppose that's what Andy's you know? saying, isn't it? Uh, what about Jota, Marvin? What are your fullbacks? Oh, yeah, say about facing him. He's a fantastic player, and he's obviously been an attacking player. Somebody I've watched closely, and for me, he has unbelievable ability. There's no doubt about. It. He's probably the one, like, got the X factor that you think. How do you, you know, improve on him at this moment in time without going out there and spending fifteen million? I think that would be tough. Yeah, I think it will be. Apparently, there's a there's a price that they can pay uh, to get him. The reason it hasn't been agreed at this moment in time, only you know he knows his agent and, and Celtic Football Club. But I think for him as well, I think it's a fantastic platform. And as Simon mm-hmm. said, with Champions League football, I think for him, especially being an attacking player, mm-hmm. it's the right place to be. It took me a minute there. You know, when you said because he's an attacking player, I've watched him closely. Mm-hmm. I eventually realised that's because you. Coach the defence at Livy And you've had to come up I initially thought it was because You were trying to say You and him were similar players <laughs> Well that as well You know just, I've been known to play on the wing From time caught, to time Caught me off guard anyway uh, Andy it was nice to speak to you Enjoy your evening Thanks very much You take care Good man that was Andy and Stirling Which takes us up to time for this Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football and I'm done I'm sick of Bartley's moaning About Beat the Pundit Every week Moan, moan, moan And he turns up And plays well And invariably wins anyway I notice however mm-hmm. You've come just with the t-shirt No hoodie Because you get too warm <laughs> During Beat the Pundit And no vest So for the, fir- <laughs> for the first time ever He's come with just the t-shirt on uh, Simon He's taking it seriously And when I say just the t-shirt I mean he's got trousers on Obviously <laughs> Before we get ourselves in trouble uh, If you want to play Beat the Pundit Now is the time to phone The lines close at 7 It might be Simon Donnelly It might be Marvin Bartley uh, And it might be you It's 01419511025 Let's hear from you Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard It's that time of the night When Simon Donnelly or Marvin Bartley Play Beat the Pundit We're still looking for your calls though To talk football Lots of the opening hour As you would expect About Rangers Venture into the Europa League quarterfinals tomorrow Braga coming to Ibrox So keep your thoughts coming on that please Rangers fans Are you agreeing or disagreeing with what you've heard? Celtic fans A bit of talk before the break there About Carter <coughs> Vickers and Jota And what's next for Celtic And whatever else is on your mind Any Motherwell fans out there Who want to speak to Marvin Bartley After the weekend You can do <laughs> He's also a big Hibs fan as well It's just going great For Marvin's <laughs> teams at the moment um, But on a serious note Big semi-final at the weekend Involving Hearts and Hibs also So get your calls in 0141 951-1025 Beat the Pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Right come on then Beat the Pundit time Singing a big song and dance Every week from Marvin Bartley But he actually ends up Being pretty good at it So let's toss the coin And see if it is him Or if Simon Donnelly Who's the master Of the ugly victory The grind, the grind. <laughs> He's a 1-0 2-1-3-2 man It's Win Simon ugly. Donnelly But they all count So heads at Simon uh, entails it would be Marvin But let's meet tonight's contestant first Who's Chris uh, from Larkall How's it going Chris? Chris can you hear us? Hmm. Game's cancelled yeah. <laughs> Chris can you hear me? Yes I can Ah good we've got close. you Now Chris sorry to do this But we're on a bit of a run there About teams who are not having a good time of it And I can't escape my screen in front of me Which says you're an Aberdeen fan Sum up life as an Aberdeen fan right now so when does the quiz start? <laughs> Whenever you want it to start, Chris. It is very difficult just now. All We're right, in a period I, of transition, but I think we should be all right. I'm going to get you to elaborate on that once the quiz is finished, right? So we'll ease ourselves in. Heads, it is Simon Tails. It's Marvin. Go on then. 
not me. It's heads tonight, Simon. <laughs> it's you against Chris from Larkhall. So what we'll do is we'll give Simon something else to listen to Chris so that he can hear the answers. I'll put 30 seconds on the clock and I'll just remind you that I don't think there are any rules really, but if you if you don't know, pass quickly and move on to the next one, okay? No worries. Right, 30 seconds starting now. Which one of Celtic's January signings has scored the most goals? Maeda. Who currently wears number two for Rangers? Pass. Oh, which English top flight side did Aberdeen face in European qualifiers in 2018? Burnley. How many club teams has Alex Ray managed? Pass. Who was the last Scottish St Johnston manager before Callum Davidson? Oh, good lord, pass. How many league games have Celtic lost this season? Three. Name any current Dundee United player who's previously won the Scottish Premiership. Charlie Mulgrew. Okay, let's bring Simon back. Simon, can you hear us? I can indeed. Right, 30 seconds, same set of questions, <clears throat> and your time starts now. Which one of Celtic's January signings has scored the most goals? Do, 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 do. Maeda. Who currently wears number two for Rangers? Tavernier. Which English top flight side did Aberdeen face in European qualifiers in 2018? Oh, pass. How many club teams has Alex Ray managed? Two. Who was the last Scottish St Johnston manager before Callum Davidson? Derek McInnes. How many league games have Celtic lost this season? Three. What do you think of that, Chris? That was a good game. It must be very close It seemed like a good game Marvin As a <laughs> neutral really spectator bad. Did you enjoy it? Yeah I really really did That's what the fans are here for <laughs> <laughs> You put on a show It's amazing how often this happens Like Let's be honest We don't get many Aberdeen fans On Beat the Pundit And there was an Aberdeen question in there mm. What a coincidence And it genuinely is I know I made that sound sarcastic But <laughs> it genuinely was uh, Which of Celtic's January signings Has scored the most goals? Maeda You both got that right Simon took a while to get it I wonder if that will prove costly Number two for Rangers is James Tavernier though Chris, so he moves 2-1 in front of you Does Simon But you hit back straight away What a perfect storm this is We've got Chris who's an Aberdeen fan Who knows the answer And a Burnley legend <laughs> yeah, In Marvin Bartley Burnley. It was Burnley yeah. They gave me the, the nod you went a wink. <laughs> So it's 2 all after three questions How many club teams has Alex Ray managed See Chris This is the difference See these seasoned campaigners See when it's a question like that Just guess a number Never pass if it's a, a number um, and Simon got it It's two St Mirren and Dundee uh, So it's a 3-2 to Simon uh, The last Scottish St Johnston manager Before Callum Davidson Was Derek McInnes So it's 4-2 to Simon You both knew That Celtic have lost Three league games So Simon stays two up But your run ended there And Chris got more questions He can't, can't have got three sure. Name any current Dundee United player Who's previously won the Premiership You had the choice of Tony Watt or Charlie Mulgrew Chris said But Chris Don't get too excited Because that oh. was it all over So it was 1, 2, 3, 4, uh, 5 yeah. For you And 1, 2, 3, 4, four. 5 Is that 5 all? 5-4 No 5-4 no, At least you count you going to flip a coin again Bart Okay I'm just double checking Are we sure I'm just I just want to Because Chris sounded excited there So he's made me second guess <clears throat> Yeah I'm afraid he's done you 5-4 Chris Hard lines Oh, okay, oh, no. I deserve a ball For Ben Aberdeen fans <laughs> That's true <laughs> Nah you're right You got Maeda Burnley Celtic And Charlie Mulgrew And Simon Who did you say was number two For Rangers You oh, passed that didn't you I passed that You said I got it right What you used to ah, try right, to get my Extra points for Nah I'm the, just not knowing That's the problem <laughs> ah, Some people just 
but Don't do squad numbers I've noticed that Like see Andy Halliday He's like pretty much The best or one of the best That beat the pundit Roger mm-hmm. Hanna's very good Andy's up there But just Has a blank when it comes To squad numbers Don't even think he knows his own Just right back Guessing number two <laughs> It's easy for Andy as well Because when he looks over And sees the board go up You think he would think he <laughs> yeah, no, anyway. uh, Chris I'm, I'm going to make it even worse for you Because I'm going to ask you To elaborate on life As an Aberdeen fan What do you make of Jim Goodwin so far He's clearly um, Getting his, his house in order And trying to make big decisions For next season isn't he He's definitely got the big sticker And he's Definitely making his intentions known But would Haven't really changed much Since Stephen Glass left And I would have thought top six would have been kind of a shoe in, but hey ho, onwards and upwards. There's always next season. Well, do you know what? There's room for that. Someone who just takes things in the chin and finds a level of optimism. Right on cue, I just looked at my Twitter screen, Marvin, and a couple of minutes ago, Aberdeen tweeted, "Voting is now open for the 2021 Player of the Year awards," and I thought these replies will be good, and I was right. So Liam Tom says, "Tough choices here." Laughing face. Someone else says If there was ever a time Not to announce this It's when we're in a relegation battle Man says Just announce avoiding relegation Glenn says Competitive contest that For all the wrong reasons <laughs> and, and that's it isn't it well, Let's lump your Other favourite team in Hibs and Aberdeen Because Big budgets Big fan base Big expectations <clears throat> And in the bottom six Yeah it's not ideal For, for either club um, And something I think At the start of the season Although Jim wasn't there That Aberdeen would have Never been looking at um, you know, I think they would have been at fourth place as a minimum with the budget they do have. But I've been quite surprised with the the changes he's made uh, at, the, at the time he's made them as well. Um, I think, you know, obviously Jim's gone in there and said that these things have to change right now. But it's just a strange time for me. I think doing the end of the season is probably easier. But obviously, you know, I'm from the outside. He's, he's on the inside of it and he knows what's going on. But I just think getting rid of players and, and the big characters that he has got rid of and the Considine stuff that I know he wasn't, you know, he wasn't in charge of that. But I just think it's a dangerous, dangerous thing when you look over your shoulder and St. Johnson aren't too far behind. You don't fear the worst on that stage, Chris, in terms of St. Johnson catching. Is that, is that too far to be made up? I think we're fairly safe. I think we're fairly safe. Um, but again... For a team of the, the size that we should be And where we should be We shouldn't be there mm. But we'll be okay mm. Yeah so you back, you know, you're backing Jim Goodwin To get it right over the summer I take it I am yes um, He's come in He's had strong decisions And he's had um, difficult decisions to make And It seems to be He's kind of He's not a yes man like Glass was And he's going over and above the chairman And going Getting rid of people that and Andy Considine Aberdeen legend Played all his career there And He's gone Do you know And I'm a sad I am a wee bit But at the same vein He's a 35 year old guy He's getting on a bit And Onwards and upwards Move on yeah. Get further Same age as Marvin but Getting <laughs> on a bit um, Simon I'll, I'll try and be serious With, with Marvin about the, the Split <coughs> In a second um, But it was such a dramatic weekend wasn't it? And you're then left To pick up the pieces And it, it's not to say That it doesn't hurt Livy again yeah. Which we'll get to But you just can't ignore Hibs and Aberdeen If our league is going to split In half Those two cannot be In the bottom half Given the size of the clubs No uh, Massive clubs In this league And massive disappointment For both I think At the very least At the start of the season Those two should be looking At top six Marv touched on it Top four So I'm looking at their form Their, their, their form's been poor of late Hibs have 
three draws and two defeats. So the, the timing, I mean, although you look still at the league and there's not a massive amount of points between a large group of players, uh, a large group of teams there, Aberdeen and Hibs have to be higher up than that. It's simple as that. It's it's, it's failure for them. And Hibs have fortunately got a semi final at the weekend. They can rectify that, but it's a poor season for both. And I noticed a, a tweet from Fitba tweets on on Twitter. Funnily enough, earlier on. Um, Someone sent me it And it says that The Aberdeen club shop Is now trolling J. Emmanuel Thomas Because they've got A picture of him In the Aberdeen shirt Which has gone from £50 down to 20 <laughs> I don't think he's picked Someone else Don't pick a guy That's just been <laughs> Been sent on his way um, It's been Yeah I mean Marvin From a Hibs perspective Because I know that That is a club close to your heart That's what Does that make You know Sunday's uh, Saturday's cup semi Even more important The league I was going to say failure, maybe a bit harsh, but I guess in some respects it would be. Yeah, I think you know, I think Sean Maloney would look at it and say it's a failure. I think the players within that building would be saying the same thing. Um, you know, we speak about budgets and, and the chairman, and they've got new owners that have came in and they've really backed you know Jack Ross first and foremost, and now Sean Maloney. And you know, to sit where they are in the league, I think it's one win in thirteen. Um, you know, that isn't acceptable for for a club of that size. Um, you know, I watched Sean's post match interview after the Hearts game, and he was upset. Um, I think for the first time he's pointing the finger at the players and saying what they were producing wasn't acceptable. I think he's protected them a lot of the way, you know, up to now. And I just think he just had enough on, on the weekend. But yes, yeah, a massive game. That semi-final, um, I really do think it's make or break uh, for a lot of those Hibs players. Um, not for the manager, because, you know, I hope and I think he'll be given a, a lot longer. Um, but if they lose that game and if they lose it at a whimper, uh, I can see the fans turn on that football club. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating weekend. I am genuinely being serious. What what was it like to be part of that roller coaster at the weekend? You know, what, what do you know? I mean, you, you obviously know what tune up. You're doing your bit clearly. Yeah. Um, so at that point, do you need to really worry about anything else? I don't suppose Levy did at that point, did they? No, we didn't. Uh, even at two one, um, you know, Ross County scored in the eighty sixth minute. I think it was. Yeah. So Motherwell were just kind of not playing the game out, but they, you know, they they weren't throwing everyone, you know, the defenders mm -hmm. up front. And I think as soon as that goal went in in the 86th minute for, for Ross County. Um, you put, you know, a centre-half up front um, and just went even longer. And, you know, Mugabe, they end up, you know, hitting him and, and falling mm -hmm. to, to uh, I can't remember who hit the bar, and Ricky Lamy heads it in. Um, so, yeah, up until that point, we were in safe hands. I think it was the 93rd minute, you also scored. Um, and from our point of view, you know, the day before, we had, we'd had a meeting and I said one of the key things for us was that we needed to be more vocal on set plays. Um, especially coming towards the end of games because when teams throw people forward and, and we failed to do so. Um, so it's a harsh, harsh lesson learnt. Um, but, you know, we have to get over that. We've got a few days off now to rest and then, you know, go into Aberdeen next Saturday. So it's a big, big five games for us. It really, really is. Because at one minute you're looking at, you know, finishing the top six and hopefully Europe. And now, you know, mm. you don't want to get pulled into relegation battle. See, on that then, it's easy for us on the outside to say, oh, look how dramatic it was. That was great. It was wonderful drama. And... On Saturday specifically, will the split works? You know, mm -hmm. it, it served its purpose. I wonder if you does it does it sting a bit? Does it feel like you know because as it stands at the moment, let's assume fifth place does get European football, which yep. it may well do. I mean, you're two points off. You're, you're two points off that. Now you can't. You, so do you, do you feel bitter about the split in any way? If that makes sense. No, no, no. It does sting because on the wrong side of it. Because if we were in the top six yeah. and you know Motherwell weren't, then we'd be absolutely delighted. Um, you know, that, that's harsh reality of it. Everybody knew what was happening in terms of the split. I personally enjoy it. We're just on the wrong end of it this this season. And as I said, you know, we have to take a lesson from it um, to make sure we don't have this disappointment again. Being two 0 up and no disrespect to Motherwell at our place, we shouldn't be throwing away those two mm -hmm. goals. So that that's firmly on the coaching staff and the players. How do you go about 
getting it into the, the minds then that you're not playing dead rubbers because I know you're saying you don't want to get dragged into a relegation fight I think a lot of people would be giving you more credit that, than that and, mm-hmm. and believe that given the season Livy have had and the eight points that it would be too much to to make up how, how does how do you try and sort of keep your foot to the floor at this time in the season I think the fixtures have done that for us you know we start away at Aberdeen and then home to Hibs you right. know so looking at the games that we could mm-hmm. have played I think that they're two massive games and you know, we've let it be known to the boys. If we go out and lose both of those games, mm-hmm. you know, St. Johnson pick up points and the teams beneath us do, then we're in trouble. Um, so our foot has to be firmly mm-hmm. to the floor. Um, it has to be professional and we need to go and, and aim to win as many games as we can and have a good end to the season and then come back into pre-season and kick on from there. But we won't be, you know, mm-hmm. taking anything for chance. No chance about that. And I wonder if, you know, Livy in particular, mm-hmm. because of the size of the budget, every place is worth... You know, more money. That's is that felt more for Livy than it would be for for say Aberdeen or or Hibs. Yeah, most definitely. Um, you look down there, and our, our budget is a lot smaller than those two teams. Um, out with that, I'm not sure what the other teams pay and what their budgets are, but I, I imagine they'd be quite similar. Um, so there's no doubt about that. You know, we go into those games, but we've beaten we've beaten Hibs this season at our place. Um, performed well against Aberdeen, although we haven't you know, picked up any points. I don't think so. You know, we understand that. Um, you know, the bonus for the the players, if we the higher we finish, the more they get. So it's about finishing in seventh place. You know, that's our aim now. What is the? How much emphasis is placed on a, on a top six finish? For instance, what? How would you sum up the mood amongst the, the players at, at full time? How does it compare to you know, other types of disappointment in football? It's strange because it almost felt, you know, since that final also went, I think because the position we had been in, um, not only in that game, but, you know, the first, you know, what was it, 33 games of the season, or whatever it might be, there was a massive disappointment. It almost felt like relegation, like you'd really, really, really failed. And I think that's a good thing. I think because, you know, we, we'd expected, not expected, within the dressing room, within those four walls, we expected to be in the top six. We wanted to be in the top six. Uh, we had a real will to be there. And then when you have that disappointment of not being in there, the disappointment is a good thing for me. You know, the players are really upset by it. Um, in the dressing room, some, you know, true words were say or some truth was, was told in there and, and the players got up and said their bit. Um, and that's all good, you know. As we always say, it's professional. It's never personal. So whatever was said in there was said and, and we kind of kick on. But there was a massive disappointment uh, from the players, mm. a disappointment from me and, and the rest of the coaching staff because we want to be in the top six. We want to be playing against those teams in there and fighting for Europe. Uh, okay, let me run something by you before we take more calls because it could be a huge week on this front. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Golden Goals When the jackpot on Golden Goals Now sits at £25,000 Because every time Celtic and Rangers score We add more money And they got 11 between them At the weekend So Rangers are in European action on Thursday Every time they score It'll be worth £250 per goal And then on Sunday Because they play each other We're upping the ante £500 a goal on Sunday So don't miss out Get your phone out just now Use this break wisely Text GOAL to 61025 That's G-O-A-L To 61025 It is £2 to text Plus your standard message rate Over 18s only And the full terms and online entry Are at Clyde1.com Lines close on cup <coughs> final day Saturday the 21st of May So for your chance to be the winner At the end of the season Text GOAL to 61025 right now And we'll speak to Brian on the line next Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Simon Donnelly and Marvin Bartley are about to be joined by Brian on the line But very quickly, let me give you tonight's full-time teaser I won't dwell on it because Brian's been hanging on patiently uh, The address you need if you want to send a question is fulltime at Clyde1.com And I think this is in tribute, if you like, to that pass from... 
Luca Modric last night oh, Did right, you see okay. it? That's right up beautiful. your street Right Absolutely up your street uh, So along sort of similar lines Can you name the seven oldest Champions League scorers? Simple as that, he says Can you name the seven oldest Champions League goal scorers? Are there any that spring to mind? Ibrahimovic No Ronaldo Yeah, he just sneaks in actually He does I think he's the seventh If you like Teddy Sheridan? No Balak? No Going well That's why I've only asked for seven Because I knew it would be tough There's only six more And to be fair Some of these guys are, were famous for You know going Ryan Giggs going, Yes There we go For being a golden oldie Alright we'll leave it there You've only got five more Only Seven oldest Champions League scorers Giggs and Ronaldo Five more to get Let's bring in Brian Who's a Celtic fan Take it away Brian How's it going panel? you okay? Good thank you Good to you well I was just listening to the guys talking about um, Carter Vickers and Jota getting new deals, guys. But mm-hmm. I think the, the person that deserves a, another big contract the most is somebody's need to tap punch Foster Coglu in the shoulder and say, there you go, big man, there's a new deal for you. Five-year, six-year deal, tie this guy down, give him the same kind of money that Brendan Rodgers was on when he came to Celtic because this guy's done an absolutely phenomenal job. From where we were last year to where we are now, it's, it's night and day. It's actually remarkable. Yeah, I mean, Simon... Celtic tend to do that Sort of one year rolling contract With yeah. managers But Brian's right I don't think Brendan Rodgers did um, And he obviously commanded A hefty fee Given where he had been previously um, I think that's something Celtic would look at Possibly I, th- I think I agree with Brian I think The job that Andrews did Since he came to the club Has been Absolutely unbelievable uh, The turnaround I don't think You know Your most optimistic Celtic fan Would have thought I mean, to be sitting six points ahead at this stage of the season, so many new players coming in the door, and as I touched on earlier in the show, I think the impact that the, the recruitment has made—they've really brought something to the party. They've, they've they've helped the guys that were there and and kind of suffered last season a little bit. They've really lifted it. The energy in the team—I covered the game at the weekend. I think it's the best Celtic performance of the season at the weekend. I know they had a forty-five minute spell against Rangers, but for ninety minutes they were. Absolutely relentless at the weekend And this is all down to this this guy coming to the club mm-hmm. I think he speaks well I just like the way it, The philosophy of You know Attacking We'll go and attack And Yeah Just everything's been great So I, I wouldn't see why <clears throat> Celtic would hesitate To try and Extend this relationship Because if this guy can do this in a year, what can he do in three, four, five? I think he was asked just last week, Marvin, and he said, you know, the last thing he wants to do is talk to Chairman or Dermot Desmond about his position. He's comfortable with the way things are going. I'm happy, enjoying the role of a lot to achieve or accomplish and still at the first stage of of the rebuild. That was his reaction. Yeah, I mean, if he's comfortable with what he's doing and he's doing such a good job, then, you know, why change it? Um, you know, we spoke about Players like like Brian said, they're Carter Vickers and and, and and they have to fit into what Celtic want to do. If this is the way they do it with managers, no matter how good or how bad they might be, these are the contracts they do. Then you know, go forward mm. with it. As I said, you know, you don't want to really upset the apple cart because you know Simon and Brian have both said Andrew's been absolutely fantastic in such a short space of time, and I understand wanting to tie him down, um, but also as I said, you just don't want to upset it really and, and leave him doing what he's doing. It's so early, Brian, isn't it? Because I mean, it's the manager who says it's early. You know, the league isn't won yet, despite the fact people believe it is. Scottish Cup's not in the bag. Um, do you are you telling me you're already worried that the other clubs might be noticing what Ange Postecoglou is doing? 
I think they are. I think there's a. I've heard some English pundits and that talking about him down south, and I, I mean, I think we really need to get this guy tied down because, like I said, what he's done has been nothing short of remarkable. To be honest, and uh, I mean, this is only just the beginning. I mean, like like Simon and I was saying there, um, what could this guy do for us in two, three years' time? I mean, he's only just started building this team. Maybe if he gets another few Japanese players or whatever in in the summer, or another couple of guys for other like transfer like places we don't even know about. Do you know what I mean? Like he's found Kyogo, he's found Maeda, and you know, as I've even heard of these guys before, Angie's brought them to the club. I mean, for me, like even if Jota and that was to go, I mean, I hope they don't, but even if they were to go, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Angie went and just signed another couple of guys just to swat right in and replace them because I think his knowledge of the game and that's that good. Yeah, I suppose that's why it's clearly it's unfair on John Kennedy, Kevin Strachan, backroom team to say that it's all about Ange Postacoglu But It was only a year ago You know everyone was Sort of Whinging about Celtic Not having a director of football And what's the structure And what's <coughs> yeah. the plan And who's the head of recruitment I think Especially the ones Obviously from From Japan They were clearly his signings You yeah. look at the, the The goals at the weekend They were all scored by Ange Postacoglu's signings Same, I'm yeah. not saying that No one else <coughs> Plays a role in that But he's clearly Having a massive say In who comes So He's got a strong hand, doesn't he? Whether he wants to ask a question just now, like I say, Celtic do use that one-year rolling contract for managers yeah. quite often. So, um, but he's in a he's in a strong place. He certainly is, but it's down to what he's achieved so far. You know, he's winning games, and he's won a, a league cup. Uh, the treble for Celtic is is still on, which has only been done twice with, with managers. So it's it's remarkable. Uh, and you talk about the structure below, I think this is something that you might look upon, you know, if, the longer he's in the job, I think when he first comes in the door, his priority is obviously the first team and getting that right. And you couldn't really blame him, you know, focusing all his attention on that. But as time goes, maybe he brings other people in, maybe he builds that structure underneath him because you're right. Or above him. Or That's above him. But all, all, be, all, the, all the staff are the same staff that were there. He seems to be comfortable in his own skin mm. with that one because people are saying, oh, why did he not bring his own people in? He seems to be comfortable with that at the moment. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it develops. And as a, I mean, Celtic fans must be excited, you know, his he's, he's record in recruitment, as, as Brian touches on there, has been unbelievably good up until now. And yeah, if Jota or Carter Vickers wasn't going to be the one that signs, I would not be surprised if, if he could go out and get somebody else, you know, to replace these guys. They've got the jersey, and I think Celtic fans would like them, but he's, he's done a fantastic job. He's the one that says it's the start of the journey, Marvin. I know that he's done a good job, and I know that fans like Brian love him. Might it be wiser to see how he gets on in Europe next season and see what he can do before you talk about five and six year deals? So. Or has he earned that already? I, I think he's earned it already um, with what he's done domestically. I think it's very difficult, you know, in talking about Champions League especially, um, you know, with the budgets that these other teams have for, you know, anyone from Scotland, any team from Scotland to go out there and really do well. I mean, you only have to look at it now, like Bayern Munich, obviously got knocked out yesterday, but Liverpool, Manchester City, Real Madrid. You know, these are massive, massive teams with huge budgets. So if you're going to judge him on just Champions League, then nobody would get a new contract in Scotland. But I think what he's done domestically in the short space of time, the turnaround that they've had, as Simon said, they were the same coach and staff. And it's very difficult. You know, I've looked at it so many times, going in by yourself to do what he's done into a totally different country as well. Um, for me, is absolutely remarkable. And I don't think he gets enough credit for doing that and how good he must actually be. And don't get me wrong, John Kennedy, you know, people know how good a coach he is. Everyone always says it, the players who've, 
played underneath him and he's coached. But for a manager to go in there to a new country and do what he's done is is remarkable for me. Um, Brian, are you already got your, your eye on the weekend? What are you expecting at Hamden? Oh, I think Celtic will smash them. I think he'll go, will come back in. Uh, I think we do our thing easily. Honestly, I think Celtic's just going to smash Rangers. I think their exhaustion from Europe on Thursday is going to take it out of them. And then on, when they get us at the weekend, we're just going to run over the top of them because you've seen like guys like me and that they just don't stop running. I think they're not going to be able to keep up with us, and it's going to be it's going to be a, a really bad a bad night for Rangers or a bad day for Rangers, should I say? Simon, is that deserved confidence or? Misplaced? Is it over the top? No, I, th- I think Brian's got a point. I think if you've seen the game at the weekend, uh, the way Celtic are going at the moment, they had no failures at the weekend. You know, everybody's at the top of their form. The, the, the one negative was Jackie Marcus picking up the injury, but Kyogo's coming back at a good time and he came on and he looked sharp. And I think that maybe if Jackie Marcus doesn't recover, will encourage Ange to play Kyogo from the start. And I think this Celtic team's just going to get stronger. My only reservation with my Celtic hat on is that these games never, or they don't always go to form. It's a big game. There's a big prize. Rangers, I touched on earlier on about their lack of success in the Scottish Cup. So these games sometimes don't go with the form team, but Celtic are looking really good. I mean, they only met a couple of weeks ago and yes, Celtic won. It wasn't, you know, a landslide victory. There wasn't a great deal in the game. I, I, I get it though Some Celtic fans are looking at the weekend And feel that they are really confident And have really kicked on What do you think Should should Brian be as confident as he is? Um, yeah you have to be confident And you look at what Celtic have done this season And the players they have And you know the advantage of not playing tomorrow night When Rangers do um, But as Simon said in derbies You know Form means nothing You know, Absolutely anything can happen um, but going into a derby, if you are going to be confident, it's with what Celtic are doing because for me they've been absolutely breathtaking. Um, you know the second half of the season and probably a little bit before that as well. And you know Saturday's result against St Johnson to, to score seven goals is unbelievable. So the confidence within that team and you know I think I heard I was listening to uh, the show on another night and Andrew was talking about you know players can't come off the gas. You know if you come off it you'll be you'll be found out because of the way we do things. So. You know, saying all the right things, they're doing all the right things. And yeah, definitely, if I was Brian, I'd be confident. But obviously, you have to be just a little bit wary because it is a derby and anything can happen. Well, thank you, Brian. It was nice to speak to you this evening. Let's go straight to Paul, who's a Rangers fan. What have you got for us, Paul? Hi, Gordon. Hi, panel. Hello. Hi. Um, just a couple of points here. Um, just to listen to that last caller there. They may have a wee chance to phone up. Just about tying down Postacoglu um, for a five, six year contract. You'll remember um, Dick Hatchka when he came to Rangers was came in with a bit of glory, won a treble, got won the won the won the title with so many points to spare. Um, and I remember one of your panelists, uh, Hugh Evans, <coughs> doing an article. Oh, what's he done? Won it. <laughs> and, and he he said the same thing. He said, "Get this guy tied down for a five six year contract, something like he'll revolutionise Scottish football and all that type of stuff." You know, and at the end of the day, teams worked out how he played and. And things didn't work out after we were uh, now I know what you're going to say, or people might come back and say, well, Martin O'Neill and him spent a fortune. But you can spend a fortune and still not get success. At the end of the day, came in, they had to do the same type of thing as Postacoglu. The whole team, when we lost 10 in a row, had to be completely wiped out. So uh, the same type of job as what Postacoglu has done. And that's not to take anything away what he's done. I mean, it's remarkable what he's done. But just, <laughs> you've got to be sensible as well. And I think... You've got to see how that can work out. I just had a couple of points about the Rangers game. Yeah, no, I think that's interesting. Just in general, they're not 
not about necessarily Ange Postacoglu Paul uses the advocate example Loads of people will either I'm sure be on Twitter saying That's accurate <clears throat> or it's not For various reasons But the the nature of cycles in football Simon And, mm. and how they can come to an end Much quicker than you expect We don't have to look very far Remember exactly. Brendan Rodgers Celtic exactly. team And they were sweeping everything before yeah. them And they got in the Champions League And people said that the Champions League money Two years in a row Rangers were already on their knees Rangers will never catch Celtic Or it'll be 15 in a row Or it'll be a yeah. long time Yeah, Football does <clears throat> change quickly Of course it does Sport It's sport You know you, you can't predict the future But I think What the previous caller Brian Similar to How Carter Vickers and Jota Are doing well They're excited To see how they're performing They're excited How this manager's came in And Made it enjoyable To go and watch Celtic again You know After the disappointment Of last season I said it early on, the way he approached these games, it's going to be an exciting season. I didn't say anything was going to be guaranteed. They took a couple of, or more than a couple of heavy defeats in Europe, but I still thought that they approached the games in a, an impressive way for me. They went and threatened to score, they did score goals, and I like his approach. That's So a lot of Celtic fans will probably be the same, and that's where the excitement comes. But yeah, sometimes you get a wee bit ahead of yourself and right, give them the five, six year contract. I think the guy deserves. Uh, his contract to be looked at You know and, and let's talk about Maybe structures That you're talking about Above him Down below with the youths Give him time To get his teeth into that Because he's focused On the first team Up until now But yeah You can't predict the future mm. I mean Things turned around Last year Unbelievably Quicker you know? than anyone predicted And, and then Back again and then this back season again, yeah Because so again I mean, We've only gone back A few sport, months That is football Marvin, this was the whole point. Celtic were clearing out. They've lost everyone. They've lost their captain. Who's this guy they're bringing in from? Who knows where? You know, just cycles are interesting in football. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen. And you know, one thing I'd say about Ange and, and, and listen to his interviews, and obviously I don't know him personally, but I think he's always trying to evolve. I think we spoke about it earlier. He's always trying to improve players, but I also think the system. You know, the amount of times he's spoken about and saying there's still things we could do better, and this is when they're on the back of a winning run. You know, it's easy to say, "Oh, things are going perfectly well." So I think he will keep you know evolving and that will make it difficult for teams to stop. But there does come a point where teams do work you out and you know you have to shift things a little bit. But you know, nothing that he's done so far doesn't make me think that he won't have that, you know, up here already mm-hmm. um in his mind and, and know what they need to do. Uh what about your own team then, Paul? Big game tomorrow. What are you thinking? Uh, thanks for letting me come back in there, Gordon. Because I, I did want to talk about this as well and see what um Marvin and, and Simon think of this as well. Um just I think we've been doing really well in Europe, but as I talk about Adscar, that's Gio Fanny from Bronckhorst obviously came under his leadership and I don't know what other um, fans in that think about it as well but I don't think there's a wee bit of stubbornness with his management as well because how Steve Davis hadn't been backing that team well beforehand I don't know and I know a few fans pulled up yesterday about it as well but I've seen his pass against St Mirren he wiped out four players with one pass and, and Davis is renowned for that he can control games He's a safe pair of hands, but he's got a wee bit more of an attacking threat than Lundstrom and people like that. Now, don't get me wrong, I know how well Jack and Lundstrom have played in Europe, but surprised that Davis hasn't played a bigger role. And I'm wondering, I mean, you look back in the Africa years, um, and you think Tugai, Alberts, these guys were brilliant. Couldn't get into the Rangers team. They had a, had a relationship issue with, with, with Africa, and I wonder if from Bronckhorst has picked up that wee bit of a trait where he's got a wee bit of a, a stubbornness to his side because... Nathan Patterson can get in, Davis can get in, um, and in front, where I think we're through the league away, is we're beating Celtic 1-0 at Ibrox. See if they'd played two up front, if they'd played Sakala and Ruth up front, 
We would have beat Celtic absolutely guaranteed. We'd have been more attacking threat, and I don't know why he seems to be a bit more defensive oriented. He was a bit surprising to me because he was an attacking midfielder. If memory serves me right, and he scored a good few goals with Rangers. And I thought that, that was the opportunity to really put put Celtic under the cosh, and we could have done that quite easily. But again, it, and there's another example we did play uh, Ramsey against Braga. Mm. Don't know what the guys thinking at. Yeah, what do you think, Marvin? Are all managers that bit stubborn? I, I think there's an element of stubbornness to to all managers, definitely. Um, but you know, I spoke about evolution there, and sometimes your philosophy things don't work out the way you want it to work. So you do have to change things. So you do have to be slightly flexible, but you can't go completely away from what you believe in. Um, there might be players that that come that Joe comes across that do better than he thought they would do when he puts them into into matches. We don't see the players on a daily basis, and I'm not saying that Davis doesn't train well or anything like that, but maybe see something in training that he just doesn't think that Davis can perform at the level or do the role that he needs him to do. Um, coming against St Mirren, all he could do was perform well, and he did that. So you know, now the manager will look at him, maybe look to put him back in or have more belief in him. But you know, all managers are, are stubborn. Um, you know, slightly stubborn. There's no doubt about it. So. Jay will pick his best team. You know, you don't ever pick teams personally. It's nothing to do with, you know, how you feel about somebody personally, whether you like them or dislike them. You pick teams to win because if you don't win enough games, you lose your job. You know, so there's no way a manager's gonna go out there and not put somebody in for do a specific you play reason. Play against Stephen Davis up here. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, you know, and again, he's a fantastic player. I couldn't believe his age, if I'm honest with you. Um, you know, kind of Rolls Royce of a player. But you know, as I said, you know. <laughs> Time waits for no man, you know, and when you do come towards the end of your career, you know, things start to go a little bit quicker um, in your mind than your body can actually achieve. So maybe it's something to do with that. Maybe, you know, he doesn't think Davis can play to the intensity. But for me, when I played against him, he was he was brilliant and he's brilliant again coming on the other day. Will he start tomorrow? Um, you know, I doubt it, but he's an option if he needs him. Uh, thank you, Paul. It was nice to hear from you. 01419511025. Speaking of golden oldies, can you name the seven <coughs> oldest Champions League Scorers, you've got Ronaldo, Cristiano, and you've got Ryan Giggs. Paul Scholes. No. Totti. He is the oldest. Well done. Great shout. Uh, Kieran Boyle has got him. He's got Totti. He's also got another one that you're looking for. So there's some good attempts coming in on Twitter. Uh, do you want some thinking time, or have you got another name for me? Silver. No. Okay, I'll give you thinking time and just another reminder if you want to hear your question on the show like this, it's full time at Clyde1.com. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're on the home straight. Simon Donnelly and Marvin Bartley are here. They're trying their best to team up on this teaser tonight. It's the seven oldest Champions League scorers. You've got Totti. You've got Giggs, you've got Cristiano Ronaldo Inzaghi Yes, well done That was the other one that Kieran had when he tweeted in So three to get The only cl- I'll give you all a clue at this point You don't necessarily have to keep naming Prolific Strikers Strikers or, or goal scorers here Nesta No He played till he was 100 man but, um, <laughs> Or did he? Yes Maldini Paulo Maldini Well done Okay two to get I'm sure we'll get them Before the end of the show So one four one nine five one one zero two five, Or Twitter At Clyde SSB uh, Let's hear a bit from The Scotland women's camp After last night It was Obviously not The result That uh, we wanted But midfielder Aaron Cuthbert Was pleased with the performance Despite the 2-0 loss to Spain Remember it was an 8-0 Defeat against the same opponent In November 
Uh, and she insists the group are on the right track. First of all, really proud. I thought it was really, really good performance from us. I think it says a lot that we're actually disappointed with a 2-0 defeat. Um, I think we've come a long way considering the, the previous result in Spain. Um, we, we came to Hamden and we wanted to impose ourselves a little more. I think we gave them too much respect in the first leg and too much space and time. And I think today we got a lot closer to the ball and, and round them a lot more. And, you know, they're human, they make mistakes and, and that showed. We knew tonight wasn't a deciding moment in the group. Of course, we didn't want them to qualify at our home ground. We wanted to um, certainly get something out of the game. And, you know, that was that's a hard task. I think everyone wrote us off before the game even started, considering what happened in, in Seville. So... I think we've got a lot to be proud of tonight. You know, I'm proud of the girls. I think we put on a good performance and certainly gives us a lot to build on going into the next games. Uh, Marvin, after an 8-0 defeat last time, it had to be better, obviously. I mean, you shouldn't celebrate defeats in any way, 2-0 defeats. There's not nothing to be, you know, shouting from the rooftops about, but clearly an improvement and, and maybe things heading in a more positive direction. Yeah, definitely. You know, I watched a large part of the game yesterday and I, they gave away a penalty after 14 minutes. Uh, Nicola Doherty gave it away and you feared the worst, you know, because the players that Spain have and obviously, you know, they've got a lot of players at Pep Barcelona who are at this moment in time the best team in the world. But um, no, I think they were in the game for, for large parts. Um, you know, I've actually been to watch Scotland women play as well a couple of times and I think that was, in terms of a performance against a top, top team, I think it was a, a fantastic performance. And like you say, you don't want to celebrate defeats, but as Aaron said there, you know, they'll they'll look back at that game, it'll give them confidence when they go and play against other teams. And going from losing 8 0 to only losing 2 0 yesterday, the, you know, the second goal coming, I think, you know, Scotland were obviously trying to go for, for the equaliser and coming in like the 74th or 75th minute. Um, it happens in football, but they can be proud of that performance and it gives them something to kind of get their teeth into. Yeah, and against the backdrop of everything that's been said about tickets and things not being equal for the, the women's team within the. The Scottish FA, you've possibly not heard the end of that side of it. I don't think we have. Um, you know, obviously I've, I've paid quite close attention to that and I didn't really get the ticket argument because, you know, the Scottish FA came out and said this is the way we do things and then, you know, I think a few players have said there's other inequalities that they, you know, feel that other teams are treated better than they are within the setup. So I think you just have to come out and say, say what it is. Um, you know, I think, you know, they're a very strong and close-knit group and I think, you know, they should they should believe and, and have the power within them to say, you know, we don't agree with this, this and this. Whether that's done behind closed doors or it's you know, done publicly, because we don't know if they've tried before behind closed doors and it's got mm. them nowhere. But I think they should have the confidence to come out and say it because 100% they should be treated the same as every other team uh, under that umbrella. Uh, 01419511025 is the number that Trevor has dialed. What's on <coughs> your mind tonight, Trevor? Uh, evening, lads. Um, it's uh, to do with VAR. I'm trying to keep it short. Um, I heard one of your callers caught last night about it, and I know the vote's coming up next week. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I'm all for it because I'm not a fan of the refereeing standards across the board. I'm not going to be biased here across the board. And I think it's mainly down to it's not their, their main job at the end of the day. They've got their day jobs that probably pay better. This is a hobby, a passion of theirs. I reckon if we had more money in the game that they should be full-time refs before or as well as VAR. And I think it would be approached from a different ball game. Most of the top leagues have probably got full-time refs and VAR. So this vote coming up next week, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. But I want to ask the guys if they know why uh, all the leagues are getting a vote, from, a vote on it. I understand why the Premiership gets a vote on it, obvious. I understand maybe why the championship gets a vote and because teams go up and down, but can someone tell me why the other bottom leagues are, are getting a vote and when it's probably nothing to do with it? And the, the guys' thoughts on it in general, you know. Well, I mean, listen, that's just part of the voting structure. You know, you'll remember um, 
last year, Trevor, to bring up bad memories, you know, when the leagues were getting called and so on. Um, you know, all the all the leagues vote that that would just be written in, I would imagine, to the SPFL's constitution, if yeah. you like. It's, it's a voting structure, so you wouldn't want to abandon it now. And I, I know what you're saying about the championship, but it is worth bearing in mind, Trevor. If we bring VAR in, it will be for forever. You know, we're not just going to ditch it in, or in two seasons' time. In two seasons, technically speaking. Two of the teams that are in League One right now could be playing in the Premiership. Aye, you true, know, true, I mean, you look true. at the ambition of some of them. I don't know if, if you know the likes of Cove or whatever yeah. want, want to keep climbing because of the playoffs. <clears throat> right now, as it stands, two of the current Championship teams could be in the Premiership next season. The season after that, another two of the current Championship, and they, or, or maybe even teams yeah. that have come up from League One. So, yeah, I, I get it. I get why the notion that, with no disrespect to them, Cowden Beef. Or Albion Rovers could block VAR being in the top flight. I kind of get why that doesn't sit right with some people, Marvin. But you know, there's a balance there. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think you've articulated it perfectly well. Um, and I think that would be the reason um, that the clubs are, are all having a vote on it. My personal preference is to is to have VAR. Um, I think you know if it's going to kind of iron out some of the mistakes or give the referees some help um, that they need, um, I think can only be a good thing. The only thing I would say about VAR, um, I hope they've learned from the, the kind of the English Premier League, um, the start that they had with it, because it was far too slow. You know, if you watch other clubs um, or other countries rather in, in Europe, it's a lot quicker decision making. I think the Premier League is getting to that stage now, but it was really cumbersome. You know, some decisions taking three or four minutes and, and we don't want to see that. You know, we really, really don't. In terms of, you know... How the- long though before... Someone phones in and says I mean why are we rushing We really should just be taking our time To get the right decision That's just what we'll do isn't it Yeah first week First week First week it happens But um, being out there as a player Or you know a coach Or a manager Or whatever it might be Because you don't even get any idea What's going on Exactly Because it's not on the screen So you you just want it dealt with As quickly as possible Um, And as I said You know there's somebody Who's emotionless to the game And they're they're sitting in the room They Mm -hmm. can hopefully make the correct decision So I think it would definitely Be a benefit to the league Trevor asks though About full time refs If you could only choose one. What what would your priority be? Full time refs or VAR? VAR, um, because you know I don't know if they go full time if they'll be able to see handballs. <laughs> Still not letting <laughs> that one go, is he? So you don't think actually? Um, look, of course there's criticism, room for improvement. You, you don't necessarily feel that being full time would make it a huge difference, or I, I think it would make a difference. But if you give me. Either or, it's definitely VAR. Still, I think that made the biggest difference. They're still human. They're still going to make yeah, mistakes. Exactly. Yeah, there's, there could be improvements there, but they're still going to make mistakes. Yeah. I'm always torn on this because I, I acutely aware at doing this job of how many mistakes our referees make. Mm. But I, I watch international football. I'm a big Scotland fan. I watch mm. European football. I don't feel like you go. Oh, these <clears> refs are obviously much better because they're. Because they're full time I don't really see that However I do follow the logic That if you do anything full time Versus yeah, part time you You're going to yeah. be better at it But but like I say I don't We all watch loads of football We're all blessed now With being able to see loads I just feel like Full time refs Make loads of mistakes as yeah, well I agree with you I think, But I think If we have to be treated seriously Moving forward Everybody else is getting VAR mm. We have to bring VAR in mm-hmm. uh, And as Marv says I think we're, we're bringing it in At a stage where it should be pretty polished. It's been done in various leagues over the world. We should be coming in at a good do we, stage. Do we do anything polished? Well, I'm going to play that back to you. Week one, <laughs> uh, Trevor. Very quickly, we're running out of time. You said you would do it. Marvin says he would bring it in. Do you think the clubs will agree uh, next Tuesday? 
I think they will. I was just concerned about the bottom leagues maybe going, mm-hmm. nah, I'm no for it. So I really hope so. I want both. I want that in full-time rest, but I can't have my cake and eat the boys. So You're a greedy yeah. man, but maybe you'll get one of them. Thank you very much to Trevor. Let's finish off with two more of the seven oldest goal scorers in Champions League history. You've got all but two, like I say. You've got Totti, Giggs, Inzaghi. You've got Maldini and Cristiano Ronaldo. These two are tough. Puyol. Nope. Cannavaro. Nope I think an old person takes Yeah this guy Feels like this guy Went on to Forever Yeah it really did a M- Longer than Maldini Sort of similar Aye Different type of player as well But um, He's Argentinian Does that help uh, oh, Argentinian Veron No Inter Milan Zanetti Yes Oh well Zanetti done. And the other one Well known for Kissing his goalkeeper's bald head Laurent Blanc Laurent Blanc ah, See how good is that clue There we are uh, Laurent Blanc Well done Thank you Simon Thank you Marvin uh, I think I went relatively easy on you tonight No you, you did a, You did That's the type of respectful man I am Let's see what the walk to the car park holds uh, <laughs> Thank you for joining us tonight Huge night in Europe tomorrow So make sure you tune in Gordon DL and Mark Wilson will be here As we build up to kick off at Ibrox And Callum Gallagher is up next